For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And I, the NFL draft is over, but you can still gamble on where you think Aaron Rodgers is going to wind up in the 2021 season. Is Tim Tebow going to sign? Is, is he going to line up at tight end for any team at some point? And if you want to place a bet on either of those things or really anything NFL related, bet online is the place to do it. Yeah, wherever your mind wanders on what you want to bet on, if you can just come up with a topic, I'm sure they have it on bet online. So you might as well just hit bet online. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, talking some drafts today, talking some Steelers news. I'm excited to chop it up with you. I'm sad the draft has come and gone, but how are you doing this morning? Man, I'm good. What a good weekend for the Steelers, not only, but just the NFL draft. It was kind of exciting, so... This is really like my first time watching the entire draft. I damn near try to get every pick. So it was a fun time for me, Mark. On today's show, we recap the decision not to pick up Terrell Edmonds' fifth-year option. But we're going to start with the draft news and the Steelers drafting Alabama running back Nijay Harris. Ike, I know both you and I are on record saying we did not want the Steelers to go with the running back position to me, it's a little bit of a mixed bag because is Nijay Harris going to improve the running game? And I think the answer is yes, but this is a Steelers offensive line where a year ago they ranked 31st in the league in run block rankings. At the same time, James Conner, who's now a member of the Arizona Cardinals, he was still able to average 4.3 yards per carry when he was healthy. The rest of the Steelers running backs only average 3.1 yards per carry. So to me, I get somewhere in the middle. I don't want to throw the offensive line completely under the bus. I also don't want to absolve the running backs for their performance last year. I hope Nijay Harris and the way that the Steelers drafted in 2020 overall is a theme. I hope it's a return of bully ball, something that's been a staple of the Steelers for years. Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, and Big Ben have to use Najee. This, this, they have to give the man between 25 and 30 touches. That's the only way we're going to get something beneficial out of this situation. 
if you just line them up in shotgun and you want to pass the ball 40 times a game, there is no need for us to have drafted Najee. Now, if you want to get back to having a personality on offense, because now you got three deep, now you got three running backs between him, Snells, and the, and the young kid, McFarlane, then you got action. But other than that, this is on Matt Canada and Big Ben. You got to use your weapons. And your weapons is a first-round draft pick that's a running back who is powerful, explosive, can come out of the backfield and catch the ball. So he's going to he's gonna bring that old-school Pittsburgh still the personality back that smash mouth. But he's only effective if you hand the ball off to him. If you want to pass the ball 40 times a game, man, it's, 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 it's a wasted pick, I say. So this pick, to me, solely relies on Matt Canada and Big Ben and the use and how they will use Najee. I'm with you there, Ike, and I've seen some people compare him to fellow Alabama running back Derrick Henry. I think the more apt comparison, former Rams running back Steven Jackson, just with his style of running. We saw in the SEC this last year, which I've said many times is like the AAA of the NFL. Najee ran around people. He ran through people. He ran over people. So I'm with you there. If the Steelers don't commit to the running game, and we said this – even when they were on their 11 and 0 run last season, that ultimately if they pass as much as they were with the short passing game as an extension of the running game, ultimately that was going to hamstring the team. And it's really interesting when you look at Art Rooney, the seconds comments this off season to say everyone in the building knew that we could not have long-term success if we were going to be last in the league in total yards rushing. That's something I don't think will ever happen again in our lifetime, Ike. But like you said, you've got to commit to the running back position. And Ike, you say this a lot too. It's about getting a running back in rhythm as you would a quarterback. But I think that's ultimately only going to help the offensive line, an offensive line that's going to have several new starters in the 2021 season. Yeah, that's what you, that's, this is yin and yang. You know, that's the relationship. And to have a young offensive line, to have a new offensive line, and we'll get to the third round draft pick Mm -hmm. coming from Illinois as well, offensive line McKendrick. So to have a new young offensive line, man, the best thing you can do is to get them in running shape. And what I mean by running shape is have a run block. You know, the worst thing you can do to a young offensive line is try to have them in pass set 24-7. So you got a young offensive line, you got a young stud in Najee that you got in the first round. So what can we do? We can get both of them in rhythm. And the rhythm is the offensive lineman, they're getting in rhythm on hitting D tackles and climbing up to the second level, which is the linebackers. And if so, if they need to get to a cornerback on the third level, they can. The only way they can do that is if they have some kind of muscle memory. And you establish that muscle memory from training camp, you know. So this this needs to start. And what this is, the running game needs to start. The the This is what we're going to do needs to start. This is going to be our personality needs to start. And that's the run game. And how you do that, man, you just get a young offensive line and you get them boys in the rhythm as well pass set when they need to, then you'll find the weaknesses of your pass setting, but you got a big guy like Najee who I'm sure wouldn't mind chipping a defensive, a defensive end or a, or a linebacker who blitz him because he's big as well. So, but that's that's why I think the recipe should be, man. Run the ball between 30, between 25 and 30 times a game. Uh, get a young offensive line in rhythm as well as a running back in rhythm and play action pass with your little young tight end you got from Penn State who's 6'7", 6'8". 
So we just going back to the old Pittsburgh Steelers recipe. Play good defense. You already got a good defense. You got Devin Bush coming back. Hopefully we're going to see what Highsmith doing the opposite of TJ White. And you got Vince Young. You just re-signed a veteran guy back. Then after that, man, you you smash my football. So you, you basically do the same thing the Cleveland Browns have done to you in the playoffs. Pittsburgh still a recipe. We going into Pittsburgh. We're going to play smash mouth ball. So it looks like the way the Pittsburgh still is drafted, they getting back to their old regime, you know, playing smash mouth football, understanding what you need to do in December and January football. Nigel Harris is the first running back taken by the Steelers in the first round since 2008 when the Steelers drafted your former teammate, Richard Mendenhall out of Illinois. First offensive player since David DeCastro in 2012. I, there's a few over-unders I want to get to really quickly with Nige, and then we'll go to the second-round pick. But Nige Harris rushing yards, over-under set at 975. I'm going to hammer the over here just because I don't know how involved the other running backs, Anthony McFarland and Benny Snell, are going to be. If you're going to recommit to the running game, I think that Nige would easily surpass 1,000 a, a yards, but 975 seemed low to me. I'm going to take the over here. What say you? No, I, I shoot for the 975, but then again, that go back to our early, earlier conversation. Mark, what seven and Matt Canada, Matt Canada going to do? They going to want to sling the ball all down there, or they going to try to hand the ball off and establish <laughs> the play-action pass? So I'm going I'm to I'm shoot right at the 975. That 1,000 look good, though. That 975 don't sound bad. That sounds like a horsepower. When you say 975 horsepower, that's a lot of horses. <laughs> but when you say 1,000 horsepower, you're like, God damn. So that's what I'm going to go with. And I had to throw that in there because the Kentucky Derby just passed this past Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Medina spirit. You can never bet against Bob Baffert. Uh, eight and a half touchdowns, both rushing and receiving combined for Harris. I like the over here too. Maybe I'm being a yinzer here. And then the only other bet that I saw that was appealing to me is which rookie will have the most rushing yards this season between Nijay Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams. I just think that Harris has less competition in his backfield compared to Travis Etienne with the Jags. They have both James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. And then with the Broncos and Javante Williams, they also still have Melvin Gordon. So I like, I, I like Harris there too, just given who's on those other rosters to have the most rushing yards among the rookie running backs. Yeah, I got, I would have Najee over 10 touchdowns total between, you know, rushing and receiving. But also I just look at Travis ETN and what they got going on in Jacksonville. They're going to, they're going to still have a college atmosphere. You know, their offensive coordinator will have a college, kind of like a college playbook. So he's going to get the ball in ETN hands a lot. So I can see, them two between ETN and Najee going for it when it comes down to touchdowns, whether it's passing or receiving for rookies. And another appealing bet in the final one with Najee Harris, 16 to one to win rookie of the year. I think this is great value because I look at some of the players above him. Trevor Lawrence is going to have an uphill battle. The Jags will struggle. Justin Fields, I don't think is going to start for the Bears right off the bat. I think the same could be said about Trey Lance, Mac Jones, who know if he'll start over Cam Newton. You've got a couple of other receivers, Kyle Pitts in the mix as well. So Nigel Harris is the first running back on that board. I really like those odds at 16 to one for rookie of the year for a team that won 12 games in the 2020 season. You reestablish the run. You see what else that does to open up the offense. I think it's going to be really interesting. And Ike, if, if Nigel gets 10 touchdowns, we could be talking about how he could tie the record that Chase Claypool 
tied a season ago with 11 as a rookie. So that's kind of what, where I see this going with Nijay, but I think he is very much needed in this offense, and we'll see how much the Steelers commit to him on the offensive end. Between, in the second – go ahead, Ike. No, I was about to say between between Nijay and, and Trey Lance, I think them two will be going neck and neck when it comes down to being, you know, rookie of the year. All right, all right. We're going to go to the second round. Pratt Fryer, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. Ike. I'm just going to chant Heath whenever he catches the ball because I saw all the comparisons over the weekend about how among Steelers fans, he reminds them of your teammate, Heath Miller. So whenever Pat catches the ball this upcoming season, I think he's like Heath Miller 2.0. I saw all the comparisons this season. I'm excited about this pick. I also think that he could help serve as an additional tight end to help that offensive line and to help the tackles as well. Eric Ebron's entering the final year of his contract too. So while they might use Fryermuth more as a blocking tight end in 2021, I think if he can learn, get accustomed to things, to kind of take over that void left by Vance McDonald, and then maybe he steps into more of a receiving role if Ebron decides to go elsewhere beyond this season. When you actually look at, you know, the forest beyond the trees, I think this pick makes a lot of sense for Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, first of all, he's not, he's not he. He's, <laughs> I know, he's, I know. He's, he's, and I, and I get the, the comparison. He's a high draft pick, so you always got to compare, but Heath went first round. One. That's one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, two. Two. We had guys from Miami. We had guys from Florida State. And they say, look, they got a tight end, Ike down in Virginia and you got to stop him and we still couldn't stop him. And that was, that was Heath Miller. Now, Pat Faramoth, he's tall. He's very tall. He's six, eight. So he's like a, he's like a power forward in the NBA. And he was in my, I think it was in my top five when it came down to tight ends. He was but on the, on the other side, he's just a Pittsburgh stiller. He's a guy who played in the cold weather. He's right down the street or up the street at Penn state. Um, he understands and, and, and knows the still the football, the climate on what a tight end should look like and what a tight end should do. Uh, for me, he's just an old school tight end. Between Ebron and Vance, McDon Vance McDonald, they're kind of like hybrid tight ends, guys who can get you out of space um, at one point in time, run after the catch. Pat is an old school man. Let's knuckle up. I don't need no gloves, man. If you need, if it's a third and 10, just give me the ball. If you need me to block on this smash mouth football, I can do it. So that's what I think, you know, Pat brings to the table. I think he's just an all-around old-school tight end, something the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't have since Heath. Ike, we'll go to round three, and I know you were most excited to talk about Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Played guard mostly at Illinois. Looks like he's going to take over the center position for we could say future Hall of Famer Marquise Pouncey. I'll say it. But yeah. I comparing uh, uh, pairing Kevin Dotson with Kendrick Green. Again, it's getting back to the physicality, the bully ball I talked about when we were talking about Nijay Harris. I like this pick because it fills that void left behind by an all-pro player and, again, a future Hall of Famer in Marquise Pouncey. That pit bull, that dog attitude sitting so you, you you try to get a replica of keys um pouncey 
and you wind up getting one to come from Illinois with Kendrick. And when I when I watch the tape of Kendrick, I'm like, damn, he pounced all over again. He's just a bigger version of pouncing. Then when you just watch them all, guys, you know, all day, 24-7 on tape, it was like, dang, this dude just, he, he the same person. He's just a younger version. So from, from what it looks like and from this draft, Mark, Pittsburgh going back to the old school style. They've tried for the past nine years of looking finesse, uh, high-flying, super receivers, but it just didn't work. It's, it's good for fantasy football. For the regular season, it's real good. But in order to get to where you need to get to, you got to come back and you got to go back in that dark alley. You got to go in that hole-in-the-wall bar and you're going to have to have a fist fight, point blank, period. So looking at these draft picks and looking at the personnel that these Pittsburgh Steelers have drafted in this draft, they just trying to get back to this old school, one way in, one way out. Man, if anybody get too drunk in this bar, we all going to fist fight personality. So he's one of those guys. When we talk about Kendrick, the center coming from Illinois, he's just an old school guy. He's a stiller. So really your top three guys between Kendrick, uh, Pat Faramoth, and Najee, they are Pittsburgh stillers. They are just old school, classic, man, let's just scrap it out, shake hands after guys um, in the first three rounds. So that's that's what I like about the first three. They got back to the basics, and the basics is just smash mouth football, and that's Pittsburgh still a football, Mark. Ike, I know how you always say that the Steelers excel at drafting receivers and linebackers. This year marked the first time since 2011 Pittsburgh did not draft a wide receiver. And so you're going to have some pretty good success if you draft the receiver year after year after year after year. But reestablishing the running game and really just the line of scrimmage in general from the offensive side is something I'm really looking forward to this season. That starts with Nijay, with Fryermuth, with Kendrick Green, who is going to be competing with J.C. Hausenauer for that starting center position. What the Steelers do at tackle, again, we've talked a little bit about. I know Zach Banner is going to be coming back. Chooks of Cora 4 is going to be in the mix as well. But, again, it's really committing to the running game. Now, Ike, we're not going to go through every single pick, but we need to talk about the seventh-round selection, Georgia Tech punter Presley Harvin the third. I love this pick, and the more I looked into it, the more I enjoyed. First black man ever to win the Ray Guy trophies given to the nation's best punter. He's 256 pounds, so he's a big boy. He's good at throwing it. I mean, he had a fake punt pass against Miami where he looked like a quarterback. And oh, by the way, he's also an accomplished saxophone player. I love this pick. And Ike, you have to do a homework assignment. I want to know what our guy Pat McAfee thinks, if he can sign off on this. And this pick is for the brand. I know that's one of his slogans. We need to get PMAC's take on the Steelers selection of Presley Harvin III. I love this pick, though. Nah, PMAC already talked about Presley Hall. The third, he already said that's his favorite pick out the whole entire draft. And you know <laughs> yes. the way P Mac, and you yes. know the way P Mac says it, he says it in his way. You know, so it was very entertaining on how P Mac described President Harvin the third. But when I look at President Harvin, then you look at his accomplishments. Not only what he do on the field, but off the field, it's like okay, President got President probably had the most swag on the team. That, that, that's that's just how I'm going. As soon as he get into the locker room. It's like, dang, that guy played linebacker, huh? Nah, this guy's our punter. 
Well, he he just looks like somebody who got the most swag on the team, and that's Presley. So the punters and the kickers, man, they're always different. You always want to leave them alone. You don't never want to bother them because when it comes down to crucial moments in the game, you want them boys to be calm and relaxed and make these kicks and make these punts. But Presley like effort. From 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 what I see with Presley, he he's like he's gonna be a rock star in the city of Pittsburgh. So this is gonna this is an interesting pick. I'm gonna have to go to Pittsburgh and hang out with Presley Harvin just to see how he kicks it. Not not on the field, but off the field as well. See, this means a lot coming from you too, Ike, because you're known as Swaggin when they used to do the player intros. Ike Taylor, swag and you. So if, if Presley has this kind of swag coming from you, game recognizes game, Ike. Oh, 100%. You, you can just, you from, bro, you're going to tell about a walk. And, and I hope he does well enough where he's going to have a few times out the game where he just down the ball like on a, on a three and a half or something where he just kick it out of bounds on the two or something to see what his swag gonna be like. And I hope and I hope they win the game because of some of his points, because I want to see his press conferences. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to see. Cause I know he's gonna be swagged out and have a lot of confidence talking on that mic. I don't know what kind of saxophone he plays, but I've just imagined him bringing the saxophone into the Steelers locker room. But this is now a Presley Harvin fan appreciation show, Ike. We should have led with this off the top. Like, I know we're excited about the Nijay Harris pick, but like, this was the pick for the Steelers where it was just like, I'm so excited to talk to Ike about this. Oh, I can, I can see Presley doing a press conference with his saxophone. I can see that all day coming from him. That's just the kind of person that pops off the tape when you watch him. I love it. I love it. We'll have to get him a sponsorship of some sort too, just because, I mean, you talk about, a lot of different talents. And then again, as a football player, winning the Ray Guy trophy given to the nation's best punter. And again, he also looked competent with a fake punt pass against Miami. And it was just like, is this your quarterback? Nah, it's the punter. But I, I absolutely love this pick. Presley Harvin the third out of Georgia Tech. Um, Ike, we're going to take a quick break here and let you know that today's show is brought to you by Canaan and Ike, we both live in Florida, so you always know how you have to have a pair of sunglasses wherever you go. And really, wherever you are, if you're in Florida, Pennsylvania, Colorado, wherever you're at in the world, having a good pair of sunglasses is a necessity. Yeah, if you're trying to get a glass of lemonade and be cool like Mark and chill in the shade, make sure y'all get y'all Canaan polarized sunglasses use the exclusive code canancast 15 you can see that on your screen right now if you're watching the show at canan.com that's k-a-e-n-o-n.com to receive your 15 percent off on your first pair that's k-a-e-n-o-n-c-a-s-t one five canan clearly better ike glad we had some fun with that but uh <laughs> we're gonna get back into our other NFL draft observations. And when we were preparing for the pod, you called me last night and you said you wanted to talk about the Dolphins and the draft that they had. But I'm looking at this. Jalen Waddell, a teammate of Tua Tagovailoa at Alabama. Jalen Phillips, who doesn't have that far to go considering he played at the U. What a first-round haul alone. And then you look at some of the other picks that they had too. 
think the Dolphins had a very, very good draft, but what did you see from Miami for why you wanted to talk about them on this on today's show? I mean, they just hit. I think the last two drafts, and I think we'll probably be on the same page when we want to talk about the Miami Dolphins, man. They just been hitting on their draft picks, you know, to 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 get rid of Amika and get another first round draft pick. So um I know Coach Flores when he first got there, people was kind of you know, scratching their head on the moves he was making, but he saw where they needed to go. And he turned this organization around in a matter of a, in a matter of three years. So, you know, you get a guy like Tour and he needs some help. So what you do, you get him a guy like a, a Waddle who kind of reminds me of a Tyreek Hill. You don't go too far when it comes to Jalen Phillips on the defensive side. Your defense was like top five defense last year, right down the street in Miami. You had first, first come, first serve VIP reservations of knowing this guy. You know, because he's right around the corner. So, well, I like what they did the first two rounds. Now the rounds after that, they just took off. And that's when I think you really build your team. You get two guys in the first two rounds, you know, they're supposed to be the franchise guys. Now in the second round after that, man, these guys are just huge contributors to your football team. So I just like with the – I just like overall in general more what the Miami Dolphins have been doing for the past two years, let alone this year. I gave them an A-plus. Yeah, Javon Holland, the safety out of Oregon, some we talked about when we were breaking down the DBs, and then Hunter Long, the tight end out of Boston College. Two players we talked about when we did your position breakdowns, Ike. So if NFL fans want to know who the top five guys were at each position, those were two players that we talked about. But you talked about the way the Dolphins set themselves up for future success. They have a first-round pick again next year, but then they have two in the 2023 season. So even if Tua flames out, they still have the draft capital to be able to reload and to continue to build around him if he is indeed the guy. Yeah, they just, I mean, they setting themselves, they setting themselves up on both ends of the stick. And usually that don't happen, Mark. You know, you you usually if, if somebody flames out or he's not what you expected, it's hard to bounce back the next year. The Dolphins offer their picks between 22 and 23. They can set themselves up again in 22 by using a 23 pick. And that usually don't happen too often. And Ike, the other team you wanted to talk about was the Dallas Cowboys. They get Micah Parsons at number 12. Initially, we had slotted the Cowboys to either get J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina, or Patrick Sertan, the second out of Alabama. Neither of those players were available at number 12. But with Parsons, they might have gotten the best player in the draft with the 12th pick. Mark, they did get the best player on the defensive side. In the it's draft. unbelievable. That's, that's how I felt about Michael Parson, man. He dropped all the way to 12, but he dropped to the right spot. Um, something I didn't know, he had wished, you know, he already was at Penn State and it was blue and white. But since his dad is a huge Dallas fan, he had wished he went to Dallas. And what do you know? Michael Parson <laughs> goes to the Dallas Cowboys. But um, they addressed all their needs. And that was on defense. And I tweeted, Jerry Jones finally got off his ego train and, and drafted exactly what he needed, and that was on the defensive side. But um, another guy I did like was was Jabril Cox. Then we talk about Jabril Cox on the show, the linebacker from LSU. Now, they call him a linebacker. I call him much more like a strong safety, you know, because I think he's probably one of the best covering linebackers in the NFL. Just watch that Florida Gators tape, how he displayed his, his, his covering skills. So I just like, I think out of 11 picks, the Dallas Cowboys went eight on defense so they addressed it again they got a Dan Quinn Dan Quinn coming from Seattle he was a former Atlanta 
Falcons head coach, and he's just like big, tall, linky guys, play cover three, watch the quarterback, make sure you can get your hands on the ball. So all his guys and all his guys had something in common, and that was the length. Either it was the height or they had long arms. And when you look at the defense he wants to run, it's going to be hard to throw in the windows. Now, you're going to be able to move the ball on them, but once you get in between that 15, that 15-yard line, man, it's going to be hard to throw and run because these guys are so tall and so lanky. So I can see, and I appreciate it, because I finally said in my head, like, Jerry finally got what he needed, not what he wanted. Finally got the Dallas Cowboys what they needed. And that's some youngsters on defense. The worst Cowboys defense in franchise history in 2020. I like getting Parsons at 12 because the two top corners weren't there. We talked about Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, high upside, but with the two back surgeries, a little too risky at 12 for Dallas at that standpoint. And of course, they go in the second round, they get Kelvin Joseph, the corner out of Kentucky in the second round. So they still address the need that they had at cornerback. They got two corners. They got another corner, too. He's six foot, six foot, NFL six foot is six six. Because you can walk <laughs> around talking about, see, see, everybody walk around and talk about what they is on their license. And to, to the NFL tell you to put your, put your back and your head against the wall and stand on your heels, get off your toes. <laughs> Put your heels on the back of that wall. So you go from 6'2 to 5'11 and some change. So when they say the young man is 6'4, I forgot what college you went to. They got a 6'4 corner late in the draft. When he's 6'4, he's 6'6 on his driver's license. Ike, that's a humbling <laughs> experience because I tell people I'm 5'8 if you're generous. So I, you're dropping off an inch or two for me, but that's a humbling <laughs> experience. Uh, I, I know you watch a ton of film and I found that the odds market agrees exactly what you saw. Micah Parsons, the favorite twin defensive rookie of the year, right behind Jalen Phillips, the second favorite. So I, again, I know you watch a lot of film. You don't always look at the odds market, but when you talk about the defensive upgrades that the Dolphins and the Cowboys made in the draft, that's, that's what the odds market is telling us. Um, we've got some more Steelers news to get to. Steelers decline Terrell Edmonds' fifth-year option. The safety for Pittsburgh, he would have been due about $6.75 million had they picked up that fifth-year option for the 2022 season. That's a little bit less than what they'll pay Minka Fitzpatrick, who will make north of $10 million for his fifth-year option. But I don't think that this necessarily means that the Steelers won't give Edmonds an extension. I think they want to continue to see growth that we saw this past season because it, certainly he took his fair share of criticism from Steelers fans for the first few years of his career, but it looks like he's starting to figure it out and piece things together. Hopefully he can continue to make those improvements headed into this upcoming season. Let that be a fine alert to you. When a team don't want to pick up in your first round draft pick and you don't want to pick up your, your fifth year option, it's, it's something you're not being consistent on. That's your hurt. That's your sting. That's your burn. So from what I see with Terrell is, man, I think football has to be a priority for him. He got to love football. I think some of these guys, they like a lot of stuff that come with football, like rapping and doing videos and, and staying on social media all this time. But by the end of the day, man, you're only going to get paid off of playing football the way you want to get paid. So why blow 
50, 60 million sitting waiting for you at the table because your priorities ain't right. And when I saw when I saw them turn down his option, the first thing I thought was they don't think his his love is in the game of football. You know, that's that's just my personal opinion. So that's why I'm at with it right now. So for for teams to decline, you know, your fifth year option, they still have some question marks on the way you value and play yourself on the field week in and week out. So hopefully this will be an eye-opener for Terrell. Like, bro, now's the time for me to to really, you know, make sure, you know, football is a priority for me. And that's the way I play. And that's, that's being consistent week in and week out. Entering the final year of his rookie deal. Now Fitzpatrick option is – is more expensive because he made the pro bowl in the first three seasons of his career. But Edmonds has stayed pretty healthy too. started 43 out of the 45 games played. So I can say that, that he's been able to stay on the field. And again, hopefully he can continue that upward trajectory, but we'll see what I'm curious is when he hits the open market next summer and he's due to become an unrestricted free agent, what is his market value? Because again, the Steelers decline that fifth year option worth about $6.7 million. Ike, I don't know if you saw this news. Charles Leno, the Bears' left tackle, got uh-huh. released. And the Steelers are a team that still have a possible need at left tackle. The Colts and Panthers also in the mix. I'll say this. I think that Leno's did a good job of staying on the field. 93 consecutive starts during the past seven seasons. He was a seventh-round pick in the 2014 season. But I, I just I don't think he's a definitive upgrade over Chooks Okorafor or Zach Banner. Maybe he gives you a little bit more depth. Uh, but I think with what the Steelers did in the draft, other offseason moves that they made, I wouldn't really be a fan of signing Charles Leno because I, other than giving you some more depth, I couldn't say that he's the definitive grade of who the Steelers already have on the roster. It's kind of my thought process, but do you think that Charles Leno and the Steelers could be a good fit? No, you said it best. It's, 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 you had a position where you need good depth. You know, um, due to injuries, and they've been in and out of injuries on that offensive line the past couple of years. So, you know, they 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 they're not going to be stubborn and say, "Man, we straight." You know, if we've been injured, especially at one position or two positions, one is that linebacker crew, and one is that offensive line crew for the past two years. We gotta we gotta make sure we have enough depth at that position. And that's when I that's what I think they're doing, Mark. I think the guys they already have, they're gonna be they they played a lot last year. There was a young crew due to, you know, some starting injuries. But right now at that possession, man, to 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 have seven seven, which is big Ben clean in that pocket, you can't have enough depth at that offensive line. I really think it will also depend on what kind of salary Leno will fetch. And again, he has been on the field healthy and playing. I don't think he's an all pro tackle, but I also, you know, because he can stay on the field, he is a a solid veteran player. Again, I just don't know if the other two tackles are healthy and Okorafor and Banner, if he would be an upgrade over either of those guys, maybe they sign. But availability is everything though, Mark. That's true. That's true. 93, 93 straight start says a lot about, the man on um, whether he's a, I wasn't, I wasn't an all pro pro vote, but I, I think I had the most consecutive games at 
one time for the Pittsburgh Steelers in, in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, I, I made the plays I needed to make, but my availability was my strength. And that's how I look at Charles. Like, Charles' availability is his strength. See, this is what this is good, good back and forth, Ike, and this is why it, it, we'll see what happens. I'm really curious to see where Leno winds up because I know he will be on an NFL roster in 2021. I know that for a fact. Um, lastly, Ike, the Steelers signed Mason Rudolph to a one-year extension. I noticed how they snuck this news in, like right before the start of the draft, during the draft. I do think it makes sense considering you have four quarterbacks on the roster in Big Ben, Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and Josh Dobbs. I'm not sure what Dobbs' contract situation is, but I know that the other three quarterbacks are only under contract through the 2021 season. Rudolph gets a one-year extension, so he'll be on the roster through 2022. We've gone back and forth about Rudolph before. I, I don't know if he's the long-term answer, but at least he is an option of some sort beyond 2021. And for the money that they're paying him, an average of $3 million the next two years, I think it's a good deal for both sides. We like you. Don't tell nobody that we like you, Mason. <laughs> so for you to get a one-year extension saying we like where you headed. See, they don't see the practices. They don't see you with the first team with the reps. We like what you did the last end of the game. We like what you did in Cleveland. Uh, being with pretty much no starters, like all the starters set out, you still gave us a chance. I'm telling you, we're going to sign you for one more year. Don't tell nobody. We're going to put some money to the side for you. Well, it's looking like you might be our future. That's how I look at this signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Rudolph. Ike, you've always said Kevin Colbert, a sly son of a gun, especially bringing in <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. I think this is just another example of that because – $3 million for a quarterback, even if he's serviceable, average, maybe slightly below average, it's good value there. Given, especially when these new TV deals come in, Ike, you're going to be talking about your average or median salary of a quarterback being well north of $25 million. It's just going to keep going up and up and up and up. I think it's good value. Ike, I've got to ask, if you already started on your 2022 mock? I'm kind of sad this year's draft is over. No, I haven't. No, I haven't, because things change. I don't know. I don't know what this pandemic is going to do. I don't know if guys going to sit. I don't know if guys going to come in. So, you know, I just, I just, I just sit and wait. I just, I just sit and wait to the end of the year. So, if it's if it's a few guys that stand out, I'll put it in my phone and my notes, and I'll hold it and and tell myself why why these guys stood or what stood out to me with these guys before it's like just looking for the 2022 draft and mock draft. Now I pretty much wait to the end of the year so I can have some uh, clarification on what's going on in college football. Well, Ike, on behalf of the Believe in Steelers podcast, the Believe Podcast Network, and the folks over at Brinks TV, I want to be the first to wish you a happy early birthday. I know tomorrow Appreciate is your birthday, so I want to give you a shout-out there as we start to wrap up here on the show. Appreciate you, Mark. And Mark, I want to give a shout-out to you, Bet Online, uh, Canaan Glasses, Brinks TV, Miss Courtney and her staff. Uh, yeah, tomorrow is called Cinco Drinko. So <laughs> that's what's going to go on tomorrow, baby. <laughs> and next week, we'll, we'll see you for the NFL schedule reveal, too. So on May the 12th, the NFL is set to release its 2021 regular season schedule. Ike and I will provide our predictions 
of what we think the Steelers record will be. We were pretty spot on last year, Ike, when we did this. So we'll have that for next week's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Stay tuned, listen in, watch us. And uh, Ike, it's always so much fun chopping it up with you week in and week out. Boom. They had a, they got an old song called, you know, I got five on it. So y'all might as well put five on them stars and give us some good rankings. I mean, ratings, I want to say. Um, but also, again, man, just want to give a shout out to all the Pittsburgh Steelers guys who got drafted this year. Welcome to the family. Again, I got to give another shout out to Miss Courtney, her team at Breaks TV, Better Line, Cannon Polarized, Sunglasses, Marky Mark, and I Believe is still a podcast. Uh, make sure y'all watch us, tune into us daily. Love y'all. Peace. Yes, Courtney is the best. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care and so long, everyone. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.